So we've been talking about membership over the last few weeks because we're going to be introducing it here at River Life. And starting next week, we'll, we'll, you will have a chance. You can sign up to become an official member of the church. So we'll have forms, more information about the membership class, all of that. All of that will start next week. We'll also, next week, we'll also have some, some Q&A time for questions about membership as well. And so we've been talking about membership, and every week we've introduced one of these core ideas. We've got six of them so far. We call them our membership mantras, and they shape and form the foundation of what membership, what being a member at this church looks like. And we've had six, and so here's a little review for them. For you. So first, membership is about growing spiritually, not belonging to a club. Number two, we don't exist for ourselves. We exist for God first and others second. Third, members unite, complainers divide. Fourth, membership means learning a new set of family rules. We all have rules in the family we grew up with. Well, this is a church family, and we have a new set of family rules. Five, membership is finding your function in the family. Every one of you has a role to play here at River Life, and part of our responsibility and your joy is to help you discover it. And then last week, we talked about the idea that membership is understanding and joining the mission of God and the mission of the church. Well, here is our seventh and final membership mantra. We've got a whole complete seven of them. And today, we're going to talk about the idea that membership is a partnership between church and member. It's a partnership. Membership is not a one-way street. And churches can often fall on either side of this. Either it's all what the church is supposed to do for me, or here's what I have to do for the church. But membership at River Life is a partnership. It's a mutual commitment to one another. And so that's what we're going to talk about today is this idea of membership as commitment. So I want you to think, what is the biggest commitment you have made in your life? What's the biggest commitment, contract, agreement? Think about that. What is it? Hmm. Now, if you're married, you better have said your wedding. If not, you're on the couch tonight. Okay? Maybe for some of you, it's your house. Maybe it's your car. Heck, maybe for some of you, it's your phone plan. Those things are crazy nowadays. Those phone contracts, I've seen relationships end faster than phone contracts. They are way too long. But the truth is, we live in a world of contracts. In fact, just in the last year, you have probably made hundreds, if not thousands, of agreements. Because are you aware that every website you go to, you agree to an end-user agreement? Every software you use, that alone puts us into the thousands and thousands. We live in a world of contracts and agreements and commitments. So what does it mean to take that idea and apply it to church membership. Because it can't just be like a Verizon contract where they give you a, a phone and phone service and you give them way too much money every month. It's got to be something more than that. Well, thankfully, we don't have to wonder about what this looks like because the Bible is full of commitments. 
In fact, you just heard about some of the major ones, some of the big ones in Scripture are these covenants. Now, covenant was not strictly a religious idea. Covenants were made between kings and clans, between landowners. They were all over the place. They just happened to also be a core part of God's relationship with humans are these covenants. So you've heard, you've heard about some of them, covenant with, um, a covenant with Moses, Abraham, David, even Genesis has covenant language in it with Adam and Eve. So, and then Jesus, Jesus introduced a new covenant that fulfilled all the other ones and changed the way that we are able to relate to God. And all of this is important, and all of these covenants rest on one core idea, and that is that God is a promise-making, promise-keeping God. Because without that, covenants are useless. God is a promise-making, promise-keeping God. And so every agreement you make has its roots in God's trustworthiness in making and keeping promises. So here's a simple, simple definition. Let's start with a simple definition of a contract. A contract in its, or a covenant in its most basic form is a partnership based on mutual commitments. And that's where we get this idea that membership here at River Life is a mutual partnership. It's not a one-way street, either direction. And so, it, that a covenant is, I do this, you do this. I, I make a promise, you make a promise. And that's the mutuality that happens here. And so, other words, now, we don't really, we don't use covenants around modern uh, life and language right now. We don't really have that word. But there are a whole lot of words like covenant that we use. It's various things like agreements, contracts, arrangements, alliances, uh, promises, and of course the ever-binding pinky swear. All of those are similar to what a covenant is. And so, as, as you saw in the video, the Old Testament has core covenants, these five main covenants. And some actually even argue that the idea of covenant is one of the most important ideas in the whole Bible because it continually defines and redefines what God's relationship with us is like. And were it not for the new covenant in Jesus we would still be sacrificing bulls at the temple. But Jesus changed the way that we relate to God and the way that God relates to us. So we're going to briefly look at two passages today. We're going to look at two passages that talk about two of the covenants. The first one is going to be the covenant with Israel as a people. It's Moses and Mount Sinai. That's the one. That's out of Exodus 19. And then the next one we're going to look at is going to be a prophecy to, about Jesus and the new covenant. So let's start with Exodus. We're gonna, it's Exodus 19. It's the, literally the chapter just before the Ten Commandments in Exodus 20. And, and what I want you to hear is as I read this, I want, what I want you to follow along is the mutual 
commitments and promises. And in fact, I even have it highlighted on the screen in, in color. So red represents the, the promises, the commitments that God is making to the Israelites. And green represents the promises that the Israelites are making to God. Okay? And for all you online, I know you, you can't always follow the screen there, but you, you'll, you'll hear it as I'm sharing around. You'll, you'll follow along. Okay, so let's go to Exodus 19, 3 through 9. Here it goes. Then Moses went up to God, and the Lord called him from the mountain and said, This is what you are to say to the descendants of Jacob and what you are to tell the people of Israel. So first, here's God's commitment. You yourselves have seen what I did in Egypt and how I carried you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. That was God's commitment. I'll take you out of slavery. And now the people's commitment. Now, if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, and here's God's promise, then out of all the nations you will be my treasured possession. Although the whole earth is mine, here's another promise from God. You will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words you're to speak to the Israelites. So Moses went back and summoned all the elders of the people and set before them all the words the Lord has commanded to him. That, that's a reference to the law. So not just the, two, the, the Ten Commandments, two stone tablets, the whole thing. It's the whole book of the law, which in, in our Bible is it's part of Exodus, Leviticus, parts of Deuteronomy. And so Moses summoned all the elders, set before them the words of the Lord. The people responded all together, and here's their commitment. We will do everything the Lord has said. We will follow the book. So Moses brought their answer back to the Lord. The Lord said to Moses, here's God's part. I am going to come to you in a dense cloud. And now here's the people's part. So that the people will hear me, God, speaking to you, Moses, and will always put their trust in you. So do you see the mutual commitments here? This is not a one-sided deal. But God says, if you obey me, you'll be my treasure possession, a kingdom of priests, a holy nation. The Israelites say, we will obey you. We will obey your commands. And God says, I will come in a cloud. And the Israelites commit to say, we will trust Moses as our high priest, our spiritual leader. See, that's a picture of mutual partnership. So that's one. Now let's shift to the new covenant, this new covenant in Jesus. See, we're going to read a passage of prophecy, a passage of prophecy out of the book of Jeremiah. This was written 600 years before Jesus. And then this exact passage was quoted almost verbatim. In fact, it's the longest quote from the Old Testament. And this is in the book of Hebrews, which was written about 30 years after Jesus. So almost 650 years of span here saying, here's what Jesus is going to bring. Here's what this new covenant under the... In Jeremiah's time, people didn't know Jesus, but they knew there was a promised Messiah. So here, here's the passage out of Jeremiah. And what's interesting about this one is it's all God's promises. There are no expectations yet. There are no commitments for the people because Jesus hadn't come yet. 
And all of Jesus' teachings were part of the new covenant. God says, here's what I'm going to do for you in, in this new Messiah that I promise you. And when he comes, he's going to describe to you what it means to be a part of this covenant and what you are to do, what your obligation is. So here's God's part in this new covenant. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and the people of Judah. It will not be like the covenant I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt. That's what we just read. Because they broke my covenant. Though I was a husband to them, declares the Lord. And that's kind of what happened between then the Egypt passage and now is they broke God's covenant. They were, excuse me, they were not faithful. And so, so God continues, this is the covenant I will make with the people of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and I will write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. No longer will they teach their neighbor or say to one another, know the Lord, because they will all know me, from the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their wickedness and remember them no more. Remember their sins no more. Did you catch that? So there were four promises God made in it, just in that little passage, four promises of the new, the new covenant. So first, God promises he will write their laws on their hearts. It won't just be about the book. It's about their hearts. It's about our hearts. Two, he promises that to be our God and make us his people. Under the new covenant, we do not have to be strangers to God. We, in Jesus, we can actually be family. Three, he promises to reveal himself to the whole world. Four, he promises to forgive our sins and not remember them anymore. So what about our part to this covenant? That's where Jesus came in. Because Jesus taught, he modeled, he spoke, and all of that in the Gospels is our side of this covenant. And so when you think, when you're disobeying, when you're disagreeing with the things Jesus taught about, you're breaking the covenant. So now let's take this idea of covenant and apply it to church membership. How do we do that? What does it actually look like? Well, if, to look at membership through the lens of covenant, first and foremost, we have to see it as a set of mutual commitments. And that's where the handout that you got in your bulletin comes in. And I know you've already looked at it because you, you were just dying of curiosity. So pull out that little half-page handout. That, and if you didn't get one, raise your hand and we'll, we'll get, if you didn't get a bulletin with the handout, because you definitely want to see this. No, we are out of them. Okay. Well, here, you know what? Let's just take a moment. I'm going to print a few more out right now. Hey, why not? Why? <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Let's see. So pull that out, bulletin. Let's see. Let's get the commitments. Uh, stop that. There we go. Okay. Here we go. You know, sometimes I love cloud computing. Okay. 
Okay, I'm going I'm to send um, 10 more copies, cut them in half, uh, 15, why not? There we go. Boom. I've never printed something from the pulpit before. That was kind of cool. <laughs> okay. Let's pull up my notes again. So, so th this sheet here, because I, I want everybody to have this. This is the first official membership document that we have all seen. We're, we're going to come up with a whole membership packet, and this is the first one. And what this, this handout describes are the four commitments that if you want to be an official member at River Life, there are four commitments we're asking you to make. But this is mutual. So there are four commitments that we as a church are going to make to you. And I know you all can read. You're sitting there right there. And so I'm not going to go through every word of every piece, but I want to talk through them and, and kind of give you a picture of why they're there. So first, let's talk about the four commitments that if you want to become a member of River Life, here are the four commitments you're going to make. Now, but before I dive in, I do want to say, being a member, an official member, is not the only way to have a relationship with River Life. In fact, next week, next week we're having our DTR to find the relationship time. And there are actually four different relationships you can have with River Life. So as you hear this stuff, if you're seeing this, you're like, ah, I'm not sure I want to do that. That's okay. Because remember, River Life, this, membership is not a who's in and who's out. It is not a binary thing. There are different ways you could have a relationship with River Life, all depending on where you are in your spiritual journey. So as, as I talk about these things, if, if you're not ready for this, that's okay. But... If you consider River Life your home church and you're growing here and you're learning from us, you've got, you're developing friendships, I encourage you to step into some of these. So let's talk with the first. Your first commitment is to be a disciple of Jesus. Notice I don't say be a Christian. I don't say attend church. Be a disciple of Jesus. And that means that you believe in him as your Lord and Savior. It means you've been baptized. It's one of the things I've said before, that bap being baptized is a will be a requirement of being an official member of church, because that is a public statement that you are a disciple of Jesus. You commit to, to ongoing spiritual growth, and that can be lots of different things. Some of that can be churches, or it can be classes, it can be life group, it can be being deeply committed to spiritual exercises on a daily and weekly basis. But you are committed to growing. You are not settling for just staying where you're at. And you also look for opportunities to disciple others. Every one of us should be, have a relationship where we receive from somebody, a relationship where we give and take from a peer, and a relationship where we are mentoring and discipling somebody else. So, number two, the other commitment is that you are, you are promising to gather in community. And the phrase we've used since the beginning is that you are part of the life of the church. And for you online, you can even do that. You know one of the best ways to be a part of the life of the church? Interact in the chat box. Start talking to even people you see there. Respond back to people's posts. And so if you're out of state and you will rarely ever step foot in this physical building, you've got a chance on Sunday morning to be a part of the, the life of the church during service. 
And so, so yeah, so that's, it, it, means, it means attending, sure. And, and we're going to put the bar at that you're here at least half the time. Because the reality, man, if, if you're coming to church once a month, it's hard to say that you're committed to the life of the church. So we're going to put the bar at half the time. Now, we get it. Stuff comes up. But o- across the months, how committed are you to being a part of the River Life Church? In-house, here, Brooklyn Park, or online? It also means that you have friends at church. You know, that is actually one of the best ways to determine, to tell if you are part of the life of a church, of an organization. Do you have friends here? Do you talk to anybody in the church outside of church? If not, you might be a part of the life of Sunday, but you might not be a part of the life of the church. So we, we are asking that you commit to gathering in community. Okay, third is you're, you commit to serving others. So you volunteer. Part of what I love River Life, and River Life is the way it is because of all of you and all of those folks downstairs and in the cafe. There we go. Now we got some fresh copies. If you need a copy of, of this handout, just raise your hand and we'll get you a few more. Um, so you're serving others. You have an others orientation. So at least once a month, you are helping make and keep River Life amazing. Okay? Also is that you participate in other opportunities. We have, we have diaper bundles. We have, we have assembling homeless kits. We have Christmas activities. We have all throughout the year, and you've been around River Life, then you know that we've got great opportunities for you. Donate to the food shelf. Participate in, in the Conway Rec Center activities. And so... We expect that that's part of your life in River Life. And then also the principle, and we've talked about this over and over again, is you consider others more important than yourself. If you have made River Life all about you, I'm going to challenge you to reorient that. And then lastly, number four is that you give generously. So what does that look like? Well, first is for, for people, if you want to become an official member of River Life, we do expect you to give financially. And we've got three benchmarks, three goals to hit. First, that you give faithfully, that you give generously, and you give according to your ability. So what does that mean? Faithfully means you're giving consistently. It's not just you happen to, the, the basket's coming around, so you grab whatever's in your wallet and you throw it in there. That might be generous, but it's not faithful. Faithful is you are intentionally giving. You've chosen through prayer and conversation how much you want to give, how often. It's regular. It's dependable. Okay, so that's faithful giving. Now there's generous giving. Generous giving is you are giving an amount to the work of God that matters to you. Two people at church could drop in a 20 in the basket each week. For one person, that could mean nothing to them. And for one person, that could mean a whole lot to them. It's giving an amount that touches your heart. So let me ask you, if you give to River Life, either consistently or on and off, do you give an amount that touches your heart? Or do you just give an amount? 
So that's, that's what generous giving looks like. And then, and then lastly, according to your ability. Every one of you has, different, has a different giving ability. And throughout a year, you might have different giving ability because we all know jobs change. Maybe it's one of you working. Maybe it's both of you working. Maybe COVID just slammed you and you lost your jobs. Maybe your giving ability is different right now than it will be in a year from now. But do you give according to your ability? And the Bible is very clear about this. It is not the amount you give. It is the heart you give with and what that, what that amount means to you and your financial place. So that's, that's going to be our benchmark of giving. And as you, as you sign up for membership, one of the things that we're going to do, Pastor Kong and I are going to have a conversation with everyone, every family that wants to become a member. We're going to set up a phone call or a Zoom and have a conversation. And this is going to be one of the things we talk about. And hopefully you know me well enough if you've been around River Life, you trust me well enough that I am not going to bash you over the head with this. But I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to ask and we're going to talk about it. So please don't freak out over this. Also, and maybe money is only part of what you give. I also hope that you look for opportunities to give your time, your skills, your ability, your donations. All of that is giving generously. Please don't for a second think this is all about money. This is do you give to others? Do you give to the work of the, of the church? Do you trust God with your finances? And I love this phrase. I ran across this as I was reading about this, but this idea of you, you're committing that you don't come to God empty-handed. Think about that. That you don't come to church empty-handed. You don't come to prayer times empty-handed. There's always something you're giving to God. So, how does that sound? Are, are anyone freaking out at this point? Okay, anyone really disappointed because you want to become a member? You're like, I can't do that. Yes, you can. That's part of why we are here, is to help you grow in your faith, grow in your trust, grow in your spiritual exercises. And that leads into the first commitment that River Life is making to you, and that is shepherding care. Shepherding care. We promise to care for you spiritually, emotionally, mentally, relationally. We provide holistic care. That's our commitment to you. In fact, the, one of the major metaphors and themes for pastor in the Bible is shepherd. In fact, the word pastor literally means shepherd. So my command, my call from God is to care for my flock. And that is Pastor Kong's call. That's our ministry team's call. So we promise that we will do that. And when you have needs... Any part of your holistic self, we will be there doing our best to help care for you. Um, we promise to provide spiritual guidance and growth opportunities and leadership. And we also promise, and, and this comes out of one of the passages listed right above, we promise that we will do our very best to lead out of a desire to please God and not for our own personal gain. Second, the second thing that we as River Life are committing to you is to provide spiritual authority. 
That's one of the other things that the Bible calls church leaders to do, is provide spiritual authority. First and foremost, that means that we recognize that Jesus is the head of this church. This is not my church. This is not Kong's church. This is Jesus' church. And the minute I ever forget that, fire me, because I've just blown it. But that's our commitment to you, is that we will always remember that this is Jesus' church. This is not my church. This is not our ministry team's church. It also means that in relationship and in love, as we are doing life together, we will call out sin. We'll call you to repentance. And again, hopefully, for those that know me, you've, you've walked with me, you know my style is not to bang you over the head with the Bible. I don't think any good comes from that. But a lot of you have been on the other side of a tough conversation with me because I have to bring something up. And I'll be honest and I'll be loving and I'll be caring. But that's one of the things we're going to do. Also, we promise to assist in conflict, in resolving conflict. There's always conflict, but we will help you do, resolve that in a biblical manner, to be reconciled, to find peace. Also, to exercise spiritual discipline when we need it and when it's necessary. But also, there's also a great thing we get to do with our spiritual authority and that is encourage and empower you to live out the spiritual authority that God gives each one of you. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you have spiritual authority. I'm not the only one with authority in this room. And we want to help encourage and empower you to use your spiritual authority in your lives. Okay, number three is support for life events. This is a great part of being a pastor and being in a church, is we are here to celebrate all the events of life literally from birth to death. That's what I as a pastor do. Whether it's child dedications, whether it's all parties, whether it's house blessings and weddings, all of those things. In fact, I am leaving for a wedding, literally service ends and we jump in a car and I'm driving out to a wedding right now. Because I love being a part of the events of life and the celebrations of life. And our commitment is we will be there. And so that's all of those. It also means that we will preside over weddings and funerals. So if you have a formal event that you would love a, a, a representative of God from, we are here for you. It also means, and I, I put this in specifically, so for all you Hmong folks, you know how important this is, especially to your parents, and that's funerals. And I want to tell you right now, we will do, it if the need comes up, and we have to help with your funeral or a funeral in your family, we will do everything we can to support you in that. If you need people to cook and chop and cut, boom, we rally the troops. If you need financial support, boom, we have a benevolence fund. We will help you with that. We are there for you. So for all of you who have a, will have a conversation over the next month or so with your parents, and your parents, they want to know, they want to know one thing about you becoming a member at River Life, and we all know what that is. Will they take care of your funeral if you die? Tell them yes. 
Now, we approach funerals differently than, than maybe some of the other more traditional churches. We, we aren't going to commit to a dollar amount. Some churches actually have in their bylaws that they will, they will give $1,000. They will give $500. We're not going to commit to a dollar amount because every one of you is different. And every funeral we have helped out with is different. But our promise to you is we will be there. And we will help you. And we will do everything we can. Now, it might mean we have to go enlist the, el- the help of some elders from another church that know f- Hmong funerals better than we do. Or it could be like the funeral we did a week ago where it was four hours and it was here at church, not at a funeral home. And, we ha- it, was, and it was an amazing sermon. We even live streamed it, interacted with the people in the chat and everything. Maybe funeral will look different in the future. So, I don't think I can say this enough, but we are absolutely committed to every one of you. We will, we will do anything and everything we can to help you with your funeral. And if we have to enlist extra help, we will. Now, I do want to make a note. Of, I, I want to say something. that this What we're talking about here is not limited to only official members. Because as I've said before, I mean, this wedding that I'm going to this afternoon, they aren't part of River Life. The funeral that I did last Saturday, not part of River Life. Because we are deeply committed to, remember, we are others. This church is not about ourselves. So that means that if you are a part of the River Life family in any way and you need help, we are there for you. And we love being the church and we love being the pastors for people who don't have a church and they don't have pastors but they need help with a life event, a celebration or a funeral. So lastly is voting rights. We as a church commit to give you voting rights. What does that mean? That you will have an opportunity to influence choices and direction for river life. Now, it doesn't mean we're going to be voting on everything. That's not going to be our style. But we are going to be voting on some things. And we are going to turn to you for your wisdom. And we're not, it's not just going to be about voting. We're going, to, we're going to take input. We're going to listen to you. And we're going to talk with you. Because we want to know how you feel about some of these bigger decisions or elections or loans, things like that. Or when we start talking about our third campus, we're going to talk to you about that. And you're going to be able to get, get to vote on some of those choices. Uh, More information on that when when we come up with our our next time where we actually have to vote on something. So there you go. How does that sound? Hopefully this is something that is exciting to you. Hopefully this is something that says, you know what? I can get behind this model of membership. I'm actually happy about what this is going to look like at River Life. And if you're a little nervous, if you're a little intimidated, maybe about those four commitments, that's okay. Let us help you. Let us talk with you and help you figure out how you can courageously and faithfully take those next steps as you develop your faith.